What's up, what's up, what's up? It's Vegas, a.k.a. Mr. 702, live from the building, and we are about to go under the armor. The Paradox of Choices. So as I continue to read the book, The Happiness Hypothesis, I begin to really think about the details of choices and one of the chapters in the book actually considers choices to be troublesome the researcher and author Barry Schwartz created a paradox of choice theory too many choices limits one's freedom I believe this plays a key factor in one's happiness as well we all have been there should I go with A or B? Or maybe C? Nah, it's D. Choices, as you can see, can be quite overwhelming. It requires a massive amount of work. Have you ever been through the drive through and looked at all 20 combos that were on the menu and then struggled to decide what did you want to eat? A hamburger, a chicken sandwich, a salad. While we desire freedom, what we don't realize is how much stress comes with that freedom. Granted, we want to do what we want, when we want, how we want, and even who we want. However, this empowerment brings a heavy anchor called stress. Many adults will joke and play about wanting to go back to the time when they were kids, when they had less freedom, because a lot of adults would say it was much, much easier back then. You had a parent or a guardian that told you what you were going to do. This lack of freedom also equated to a lack of stress. The paradox of choice is the diversity of our choice causes us stress, which ultimately creates a feeling of entrapment and unhappiness. We see the paradox when we dine out, when we're at the supermarket, when we are even at the mall, and definitely nowadays the way we consume goods however this paradox is not just limited to the consuming of goods but it is my theory that this paradox also greatly impacts relationships match tinder bumble hinge now massively increase one's options of dating from the confine of their smart device and in return, makes creating a connection or making the proper choice to who you want to date being very stressful. Many individuals have gone off dating sites because they feel overwhelmed and they feel stressed by the, just the amount of people, the amount of options, the amount of choices that they have on that app. And will take a break from it just to de-stress. As I deal with my own paradoxes of choices, I try to practice minimalism and combine with stoicism. My goal at the end of the day 
is to ensure that the decisions I make, I am comfortable with them, whether they lead to success or they lead to failure. And so when making a decision, one of my biggest goals is to see it completely through, to walk the path that is forged. Oftentimes, personally speaking, I stress less over simple decisions. It's kind of like that 80-20 rule. And I have been told by others, by friends and colleagues, that I have a I-don't-care attitude, which is partly correct. It's not that I don't care. It's just that my level of care is very minimal. I don't want to create a mountain out of a simplistic decision, nor do I want to continue to explore and investigate a negative emotion on something that I do not feel is justified. Now, when there is a big decision or a major decision, my goal is to be steadfast, understanding that push, shove, or anything else, the decision that I made, I want to stick to it, I want to believe in it, and I want to follow through with it. I also do two big things, that I give myself grace and mercy when it comes to choices. Now, the paradox of choices already lets you know that it's due to the choices that we are stressed or we become anxious or it can create anxiety. However, we have to understand that even within ourselves, when we do make choices, we have to be gracious and merciful to ourselves because there are times where we may make a choice that we feel is best, but then upon further review, we might be granted more information or upon further review, we could even admit that that might have not been the best choice. And you have to be kind-hearted unto yourself because then you will have the guilt of not only making a mistake, but then you will ride your own self and you will begin to question your own decision-making. Decision-making is a skill that has to be practiced continuously. And though we live in a world where there are so so many choices. Choices of where you want to eat, choices of how you want to dress, choices of your sexual orientation, choices of where you want to live, choices of what work you want to do. What I would encourage each and every listener at this current juncture is to make sure that they understand that the more choices one has, the more stress is going to come when trying to make a decision about that choice. In real lifetime, in the military, when you first get in, they have these phases. And one of the first phases, you have really no rights or rules. And it's one of the easiest phases of the military because you are simply told what to do, when to do it, and how to do it. And even though you may not be in a quote-unquote red military basic training phase, you might want to sit down with your own self and give yourself some simplistic rules. That way that you're not overwhelmed and that you're not giving yourself headaches and giving yourself stressors when it comes to making choices. The pursuit of happiness might be flawed. Over the last two years, Happiness has really been something that is continuously on my mind and on my heart. COVID has brought 
some tremendous losses, not only of family members, loved ones, and friends, but it destroyed this castle I was attempting to create metaphorically. Since then, I have been quite in a literal battle of what is happiness unto me and how should I pursue such happiness. If happiness is an emotion, then it will never be constant. Emotions are fleeting and they change as the waves in the ocean. If you have been a listener to this podcast, then you know we are always trying to figure out the why. But let's play a scenario. Let's say you're listening to this podcast on the beach, relaxing, in the sun, sipping your favorite adult beverage. The wind is blowing and the temperature is just right. You're probably going to have a smile on your face because this could be the embodiment of happiness. Then out of nowhere, a family of eight comes parking their beach gear next to yours. The children are being loud, playing and throwing sand, and the parents are screaming at the children in order to get them to listen. Your happiness may have dissipated. And now that emotion is easily transformed into one of annoyance, disappointment, and frustration. If our goal is to be happy and to stay happy consistently, then are we setting ourselves up for failure? When we know such emotions are not going to be constant. Are we adding unnecessary stress to ourselves trying to stay in this quote-unquote happy state? If life is about changes and challenges, then shouldn't we expect to feel a full range of emotions as well? We all have pleasant and unpleasant moments through our life. However, all of our emotions are needed for a purpose. Emotions such as sadness, anger, and guilt are often associated with negativity. However, I might counter that and say that even these emotions are high value. Emotions help us communicate with others and also within ourselves. They are the key cogs into motivating us to do action. If you've ever played a sport, the emotion of frustration can literally be the catalyst that helps you and your team get back into the game. You're frustrated, you're mad, you're taking it personal, you feel that you are better than the other team, and those emotions are the anchors that help you to go out there and perform better and play better. I think that we sometimes have to have a better understanding of emotions because I don't necessarily think that there is a negative emotion. 
I think that how we respond and how we engage after we feel such an emotion is really the key to why we feel such emotion is negative. Because if you are one of those that study the Bible, it says you can become angry, but sin not. So anger is not a sin. It's the action after you are in that time period of your anger emotion. However, we have to be careful as well because speaking from personal experience, the act of suppression or ignoring emotions is extremely unhealthy and can result in explosive outbursts of rage and anger. Acting and accepting and identifying all of my emotions is one of the key elements to my maturation process as a man and being able to better understand the functions of these emotions have greatly aided me to be able to respond effectively. Now, there is a paradox of a question that I don't know if I can answer or I don't know if I'm there to answer yet, but can one be content without being happy? I myself I feel like this is an enigma all unto itself because we know that there are moments within our lives where we are going to be satisfied and content in the absence of happiness. We cannot stay in the happy state. We can attempt to force being happy. However, we cannot stay in that happy state. And over time, that happiness will feel disingenuous or we will have to do more. We will have to do more in order to earn or to continue to feel that happy. What we end up doing over time is having a total meltdown trying to obtain something that I feel may be unobtainable. But that's are just my thoughts. As a listener, tell me what you're thinking. Tell me what you feel on the subject of the pursuit of happiness. Is it flawed? Is it not flawed? Leave me a message. You can go ahead and hit me up on my social media platforms or you can email me directly. But I want to know what you think. What's up? Thank you for taking the time to tap into this podcast. If you want to follow me on social medias, you can follow me on Facebook at Joshua Broomfield. You can follow me on Instagram at VegasMr702.com. If you have any comments, feedback, or you have any suggestions for the podcast, you can go ahead and either hit me up directly on both those sites, or you can go ahead and email me at VegasMr702 at Gmail. Once again, thank you for checking out the podcast and follow me. I'll make sure to follow you back. Sex, the pleasure Passion, filthy, nasty, 
kinky, explicit, naked dance that we all enjoy. But how important is sex? We see so much sexual content on a day-to-day, whether we are watching Netflix or HBO Max or even just browsing through your Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram. Now, while I do not feel like there is a one-size-fits-all answer when it comes to how important sex is due to everybody being different, many people, I would say, place a high value when it comes to the act of sex, especially because it helps and fosters creating a strong connection with their partner. If one love language is physical touch, then the showing and the receiving of affection can be highly critical. Sex is a physical act that can have great impact over our emotional spectrum. It can improve confidence, not only in the relationship, but in oneself. When performing a sexual act with your partner and you are experiencing this euphoric ecstasy and your partner is not only telling you, but also showing you in physical action that they desire you, this can lead to a better feeling about oneself. It can help with the connection of your own body in a pleasurable way. Sex can be a euphoric journey of exploitation. When you are engaging in a sexual act with a trusted partner, the desire to expand and explore can be one that unearths such kinks that nobody knew about, such as impact play, toys, and a much different other things upon the BDSM specter. However, what we also have to understand that sex can also help reconnect with one's partner. And I think that this is vital to the longevity of a relationship. Sex is also a great stress reliever. We understand this on a scientific nature because of the releasing of um, endorphins and hormones that help boost and improve one's mood. Oftentimes, after one has engaged in a sexual act, they will feel a euphoria like none other. The heavy breathing and big smile that you see in a lot of movie and TV shows is actually something real. Upon doing a little bit of research, um, according to a 2017 study showed that sex creates a intimacy feedback loop, that sex predicts affection and affection predicts the frequency of sexual activity. So if you are in a relationship and there are some intimacy issues or the the way and in the format that you are being intimate is causing a problem in your relationship, have more sex, be more affectionate, create more intimate moments. And through those intimacy loops, you will be able to rediscover your sexual prowess between you and your partner. While sex does not equate love, it does play a major part in 
most relationships. And as a heterosexual male, I can honestly tell you that I am in love with sex. And I can simply admit that I am on the extreme side of having a high sex drive. Everything about sex is a major rush unto me. The touching, the kissing, the foreplay, the attempting to unlock my partner's sexual nature, and my obsession with ensuring that my partner has multi-cosmic orgasms over and over again until where they can't decide, function, or differentiate the amount of times pleasure has released from their body is truly a rush like none other. However, sex is also about being compatible and communication is very, very important and it's actually one of the best keys to making sure that you actually have a great sexual relationship with your partner. So my question is, not only is how important sex is for you, but do you and communicate the importance of sex that you have towards your partner. Remember, to be more real, be more human, be more honest. Catch me next time as we continue to go under the armor.